it's a, a basement or, or it's a really dark night. All right. Is this on? Okay. Well, I wasn't going to be talking about sound. We're talking about light today. So we, we have sound now. So you guys are naturally uh, looking up here at the light. And, and I was thinking about a time when I was in uh, high school. Um, I trapped when I was in junior high and high school. Uh, trapped animals. I know that's probably not politically correct to do, say that now, but... Um, but it was a good little income for me. And I would go check my traps early in the morning before school when it was still dark outside. And uh, when I was, I guess I was 13, my dad used to take me to tra- check my traps. When I turned 13, he got tired of getting up that early. So, so I would drive to, you know, it was a couple miles on gravel roads and, and it's, rural Iowa, so yeah, I did that, confession time, I drove when I was 13, but so one day I, I was walking out into the woods to a creek, and uh, it's probably half a mile to where I had to go, and it was a really dark night, and uh, you know, there was no moon, no stars, it was cloudy, and so you really couldn't see very much. And so I got down into the creek, and I was checking my traps, and all of a sudden my flashlight completely died. <laughs> and so uh, I'm out in the woods and can't see anything. You know, my eyes are straining to see. So I had this decision to make. Do I just sit there and wait for it to get light, or do I try to find myself way back to the truck? And, uh, you know, I was going to be behind schedule if I didn't. So I said, okay, I'm going to try to make it back to the truck. And it, a strange thing happens when it's quiet and you're out in the woods and it's completely dark. You, you hear everything. You know, you think every animal is going to come get you or a skunk's going to spray me or a bear's going to attack me, even though we didn't have bears in Iowa. But there was, I'm was sure there was going to be one out there. So, uh, but I, I finally made it, just kind of crawling my way, kind of knew where the path was, could see just a tiny bit. I made it back to my truck. Um, and then gradually the light came, and it, and it got better. But uh, the light, if you notice, it it pushes away the darkness. And we'll turn the lights on here in a second. It's going to be, there will be no more darkness. Right now there's a, a little light, and it's pushing away the darkness. But but that's what light does. And we're going to talk about that, that today. Well, 
We're in week two of our, our series, our seven-week series called I Am. Last week, in the first week of the series, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Remember that? He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. This week, we're going to talk about darkness and light. And so, uh, we're going to look at two different instances uh, right close to each other, where Jesus is going to say, I'm, I am the light of the world. And for those who follow him, they're never going to have darkness again. And really cool stuff. Our key verse of the day, second part of John eight twelve, it says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing promise that Jesus is making here. It, it's a promise that he's offering everyone. We talked about that last week. And actually, the, the light and dark metaphor, it's used a lot throughout Scripture, okay? You, you see it in lots of different ways. The Old Testament predicts the light that is to come. And so, the, you know, the light is going to be the Messiah, the Savior. Um, and now Jesus says, I am the light of the world. So he's saying, I am this light that they talked about. In the book of Luke, in part of the Christmas story, uh, if you remember, uh, towards the end, uh, after Jesus was born, uh, they, were, they were taking him to the temple um, to go through the normal temple um, ceremonies for little kids. And, and uh, there's this guy, Simeon, and he was led by the Spirit to go to the temple because God had told him that he would not die before this happens, before Jesus, the Savior, was born. And, and so he's led there. And uh, in Luke 2.30, it says, With my own eyes, I've seen your salvation. It's now out in the open for everyone to see, a God revealing light to the non-Jewish nations and of glory for your people Israel. Okay, Simeon, he came there. He knew right away, without a doubt, this is the one. This is the one I've been waiting for. And uh, in fact, he said, Okay, God, you can take me now. I've seen the one. The light is here. And, and so kind of with that as a backdrop, the first time today, like I said, we're going to look at two situations. The first time he says, I'm the light of the world, he's teaching at the temple. It's on the last day of a Jewish celebration called the Feast of Tabernacles. And uh, the actual word uh, translated here is Sukkot. Uh, that's the word for tabernacles. It's basically meant, uh, meant a, a temporary shelter that they would use during harvest. They would construct it and use it. And so this feast would celebrate. There's kind of several things they ended up celebrating. One is that it would celebrate God's provision of food to the people uh, when they, and they would do these temporary huts. And so they would do that in Jerusalem during this feast. They would construct temporary huts. And, and it was also a time to commemorate, commemorate the wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and God's provision during that time. And they also stayed in, in a temporary housing for 40 years. And so that's why everybody's gathered in Jerusalem uh, for this feast. And uh, then here's a little background to our story. Uh, on the first day of this feast, there was a, a ceremony called the illumination of the temple. And it involved in lighting these four large candelabras. And on each candelabra, there were seven candles. And so when they lit these, they were huge light. And then after they lit those, then everybody would light their own individual light, and uh, they would take those home with them, 
and uh, so there would be lights all over the city. It's kind of like a candlelight service that they, you know, what we would consider a candlelight service. The Jewish writings from the time tell us that these candles produced so much light that it pierced the darkness of the city of Jerusalem, lighting every street and home. On the last day of the feast, there were no lit candles, okay? So they, would, they wouldn't light them. So you had the kind of the difference of light and dark here, the contrast of that. So when Jesus said uh, on the last day of the feast, I'm the light of the world, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life, it, it really stood out. It was a good visual because they had just seen that, the difference of light and dark through this week. And so what Jesus is saying through this section is it's not, it's not the temple or by keeping the law that you will find light, but by following him. Okay? And when he says follow me, he's talking about becoming a, a disciple. Okay, a, a true follower. Remember last week, there was a lot of people that turned away when the, some of the, the hard teachings were revealed by Jesus. And Jesus is saying, if you truly follow me, you'll never walk in darkness again. Um, going back to chapter 7, Jesus was teaching, and he said, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from him. And uh, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. And so uh, as you go through John, Jesus uses lots of different metaphors to kind of describe who he was and, and uh, what would happen if you follow him. And a debate started about who he was. Okay, he's teaching in the temple, and some said he was a prophet. Some said he was the Christ. Some wanted to seize him. Some said he's, he's from the devil. And most of the Jewish leaders were ready to do away with him, to have him killed. And, and so I, I want you to realize as we get into the story that there's a lot of tension building up through this week. Um, and I want to start in verse 12, chapter 8. And this is our same verse we've already read because I want to get this in our head. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then the first part of verse 13, I'm just going to read that first part. The Pharisees challenged him. Okay, and then it goes on to kind of talk about how, how they challenged him. And they were very skeptical about Jesus. And really, when you think about it, for a good reason. Okay, Jesus was making big claims. It's their job to, to protect the, you know, their faith. And he's saying by claiming that you follow me, you have the light, he's saying what? That they, they don't have the light, right? Okay, so that, that's a big thing. They're in darkness, and, you know, you're not going to have this light unless you follow me. And so they believe they had the truth of God, right? Okay, so this guy comes along and saying, no, you don't have the truth of God. Uh, don't you think you'd be a little skeptical, too? Or sometimes we're kind of hard on the religious leaders, but... But uh, this is a big, big thing here. And, you know, they had a lot to lose personally as well. Um, so this was their livelihood. But Jesus doesn't back down. They go back and forth. The Pharisees are getting more upset. And then Jesus is going to take things up several notches. Okay, okay, you got to pay attention to this part. This is, woo. okay, here we go. You ready? This big stuff. Okay, just don't tune it out. Verse 42, Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. 
Why is my language not clear to you? Okay, you idiots, basically, at that point. Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, who? The devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Woo! (laughs) Ouch, right? Uh, That's big stuff. Okay, he's not just saying they don't have, have the light. He's saying their father is the devil. You know, let us, let us know how you really feel about this, Jesus. <laughs> we couldn't quite get it there. He is not messing around. And they come back and say, oh, you're, you're possessed by a demon. And, and you're a Samaritan, which is, you know, a big deal because Jews hated Samaritans. And so it's kind of into a name-calling thing. It's like they're saying, oh, your, your mom is ugly and she smells funny or something. <laughs> I mean, they're going, going back at him. They didn't know what to say. Nobody's ever talked to them like this. And we can look back and see that Jesus was offering light that they didn't have, but in the midst of it, they're like, no way, we need to kill this guy. But here's something about light. Light exposes what's in the dark. Okay, light exposes what's in the dark and and one thing that holds a lot of people back I think from following Jesus is that the light begins to expose some of the darkness in our life and and we like to kind of keep that darkness buried don't we we don't want to touch on that that's hard stuff from our past and and when we begin to peel back some of that darkness and you know that we don't want to go there but I guarantee as you begin to peel back those dark layers and you, and you work through those and you get through those, that there is going to be a freedom, a light like you've never experienced before when you get past that. But it's hard. But it's worth it because Jesus is the light of the world and whoever follows him will never be in the dark again. You will have the light of life. So I want that to just keep going. Last week, I, I, I wanted it to resonate in, in you about the bread of life. This week, I want it to, to resonate that Jesus is light. You know, there are a lot of things that offer to give us a better life. But they're all temporary. And, and we look at things and, you know, a, a better car, a better job, a, a better house, a, a better friend, and, and, and all these things that they're this is going to make my life a little brighter. I know it will. And it might for a little bit. But it's not forever. And Jesus is offering this light that, that is forever. So that's the first story. The first time Jesus says, I'm a light. In the very next chapter, we see it again. And this time it involves a miracle. Much like last week. Remember we had the miracle of feeding the 5,000 with the two fish and the five loaves. And then Jesus did the miracle when he said, I'm the bread of life. This time it's about a man who was born completely blind. Couldn't see at all from the time he was born. And let's pick it up in John 9.1. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. 
While I am in the world, here we go, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it in the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Okay, it was a miracle. A big miracle. But can I say, first of all, that I think this miracle is really gross? <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? Uh, I don't know why Jesus did it in this way, because obviously he didn't have to, you know, spit and make mud and rub it on this guy's eyes. Uh, there's theories. One possible reason for this using saliva has to do with the beliefs of the culture at the time. Several Roman writers and Jewish rabbis considered saliva to be a, a valid treatment for blindness. Since the people of that day had a high view of, of saliva's healing properties, Jesus used spit to communicate his intention to heal. And those being healed would have naturally interpreted Jesus' spitting as a sign that they would hopefully soon be cured. Okay, that maybe. Uh, I don't know I'm sure I'm buying that. Um, that's an explanation. You know what? We don't know for sure why Jesus did what he did. You know, Jesus makes this little mud pack and, and puts it on this guy's eyes. Maybe it's the visual of it, and then he has to go wash away, and, and then he's, he's clean. He can see the light. Um, and we need to realize that how huge this is. A, a person totally born blind, that's a big miracle. You think about a blind person. The, the eye is such an intricate part of the body. It's so complex. Science is amazed still about the eye and how it works and, and this miracle would involve you know creating new tissue and and nerves and blood vessels and and giving the the brain the the ability to interpret the information that's coming to uh, the cortex and and just all these things to make the eye work that didn't work before and then then they're asking the disciples, they kind of had a misunderstanding of how uh, something like this worked. They assumed that somebody had done something wrong. You know, either this man or his parents had sinned, and this was punishment for the sin. And, and Jesus said, no, that's not, that's not what it was about. Um, this happened so God could display what he could do. This happened for this moment right now. And, and this is hard when you think about it, because not every person that was born blind is healed. Jesus didn't heal every single sick person he came across, even when he was here. Um, and I think... It's hard to see that. In this situation, God had a plan to use this blind man to help reveal the light that comes through Jesus. That's what we know about why he did this. Um, this was part of helping illustrate that in the big picture, light only comes through Jesus. And so Jesus brings this man from darkness to light, and, and he uses this physical miracle as a backdrop to his statement about light being a light of the world. And this leads to a whole debate going back and forth about this man. They call him in two different times to talk to him and try to figure out what in the world is going on with this. And they're trying to say, hey, are you really this man that was blind? And, and you know, what's going on? And, you know, they're always worried about when it was. And, and it's like the, the religious leaders are putting this guy on trial. And he's like, I, I don't know for sure who this guy is, okay? I, I, I know I couldn't see, now I can see. And then he kind of starts giving it back to him a little bit, uh, and they don't like it. He starts defending Jesus. Let's pick it up in verse 30. 
The man answered, now that that is remarkable, you don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Okay, there it is again, that, that idea that they must have, he must have done something wrong to be blind. That they didn't understand what was happening. It made them uncomfortable. And the easiest thing to do was just to totally reject it. And here's what we need to know. There will always be skeptics, and it is always easier to reject what you don't fully understand. Okay, there are things that, that we don't fully understand. Even uh, if you've been Christian for a long time, there's things that are hard to understand. And for many, it's easier just to reject Jesus than to, to fully step into the light. Remember, light exposes what was in the darkness, and it's easier to keep things in the darkness. So this man didn't understand uh, fully what was going on. But let's look at his, his next encounter with Jesus. This is really cool. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so I may believe in him. Jesus said, You, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Okay, he had been healed physically, and that was great. He could see where he couldn't see before, but, but that was temporary. And the big picture, the healing that was so important was that he was healed spiritually. And now can, not only could he see physically, he could see spiritual beca- spiritually because he was following Jesus, who is the light of the world. So I want to just give you a few quick things to to keep in mind as we go through this week. First one is this. Don't give up on those in the dark. Okay, it is frustrating when you have friends and family who are are rejecting the light, right? And maybe you've prayed for them for a long time and and you just think, man, they're never going to follow Christ. I just want it so bad for them. And I'd say don't give up. It it can happen. There was at least one religious leader named Nicodemus who did become a follower of Christ. He got to the point of saying, yeah, I believe. And so it can happen, okay? Those people that you're frustrated with, keep praying. Okay? Okay. Some of you have given up on them. Don't give up. Second thing is don't forget how wonderful the light is. Okay, when you have been in the light for a long time, I think it's easy to start kind of taking the light for granted. Okay, our days are starting to get shorter, and and, uh, I don't like it, do you? You know, it starts getting dark earlier in the day. And, you know, also, in our country, we're used to having electricity all the time so we can have light. And, And if that's interrupted... You know, it's more than 10 minutes, and we're like, come on, I need my electricity. Okay, I haven't been able to do whatever for 10 minutes. But I, I talked to, I met some missionaries from Zimbabwe this week, and, and they said right now in Zimbabwe, 
they only have electricity on average from 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. in the morning. That's the only time of the day. And so everybody has to kind of stay up during the night and do whatever they need to do uh, with electricity from that time. And I think, man, we, we kind of take what we have for granted. You know, I think in the same way, we, we can begin to take for granted what we have in Jesus. We, we have this light that it's such an awesome thing, but we kind of start to forget how awesome it is because it's, you know, it's, we've had it for so long. Don't forget how awesome the light is. And then keep in mind that Satan wants to pull you back into the darkness. You know, Jesus said, you know, Satan, he's the father of lies. And, and he wants to keep as many people in the darkness as he can. And he's going to come back at you. And, and he wants to try every trick in the book. You know, you're really not good enough. You know, you really mess up too much. You know, he's really not real. What's he done for you lately? Don't let him pull you back into the darkness. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. read a story here and it's a story that was it's actually in between our two stories and it feels almost like it's kind of thrown in there and doesn't fit with the rest of the stuff but but I think it's an awesome story it's from John chapter 8 and as I read this story uh, I was wondering if you guys would be willing to those who have flashlights on your phone get those out and shine those flashlights lighter in here all right beginning in John 8 verse 2 and early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people came unto him and he sat down and and, uh, taught them and the scribes and the Pharisees bring a woman taken in adultery and having set her in the midst they say unto him teacher this woman is been taken into adultery in the very act. Now in the Moses law, he commanded us to stone such people. What do we do with her? And they said this as they tried to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. But when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said to them, he that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. And again he stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground and, and they went and they heard it. And they went out one by one, beginning from the oldest even to the last, the youngest. And Jesus was left alone 
and the woman where she was in the midst. And, and Jesus lifted himself and said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no man condemn you? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I love that story. It's a story that reminds us that, that we don't have to be scared. And we don't have to have fear. And it's a story of light. And, and uh, as we have these lights around the room right now, we, uh, it's, it's way lighter than just this little candle, right? And, and as more people have that light of Jesus, then our, our lights are shining brighter. And, and Jesus said, you know what? I, I don't care about your past, what you've done. I care about now. And he said, you know, come to me. I am the light of the world. And, and he doesn't say just keep living like you're living. He says, you know, go. Change your ways. But I forgive you. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the light that you have given us. It's such an awesome thing. We just praise you for that, Lord. And, and, and I pray that if there's somebody here today that's just been afraid to kind of peel away that darkness, that they, they will be ready to do that. And as we work with people and, and talk to people and share your love with people, help us to, to be patient and to show your love and, and to help them to maybe peel back the, the darkness in their lives. You're an awesome God, and we just love you and praise you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You please stand.